Welcome to the Growth Podcast, growing together through curious conversations. So today I'm looking forward to getting curious with Paul Parkinson. Paul is the founder of one of the UK's largest vehicle leasing brokers, Synergy, who have won several awards for being the best at what they do. Paul is an entrepreneur and is interested within sports, high performance, being team focused and creating a growth and investment mindset. So Paul, thank you for joining us on the Growth Podcast. Thanks for having me, Emma. Um, Would you like to start, Paul, by telling us a little bit about yourself and your business synergy? Yeah, the business was formed in 2006. Um, Fortunate enough to start it just in time for the financial crash. It always always adds a bit of spice. Um, And um, uh, I started the business on the basis of the fact that I thought there was a better way for people to acquire and drive their vehicles. Um, And uh, the principles of it were that we uh, don't have... Uh, a specific franchise we supply all makes and models of vehicles, cars and like commercial vehicles to businesses and individuals. Um, and um, I, in my previous life, had 250 staff, uh, 27 line managers, an IT department, an accounts department. And I walked into um, an Evans Easy Space office on my own with a multifunction device, a consumer credit license application and a VAT license application and started from scratch on my own. And um, um, the journey was compounded by my uh, interest in challenging upbringing. I grew up in North Manchester. Um, it was a tough area. Uh, we had uh, quite a lot of challenges along the way in, within our family. Um, and, um, and then, of course, the financial crash occurred in 2008. Um, and around about 2009, I sort of realised that some things needed to change. Um, and I remember going to see uh, somebody that ended up helping me, um, and I said I'd like some help with my business, please. And he said, um, he said, what well, be a really good start if we start with you, won't it? And I didn't know what he meant at the time because I thought everything was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then I started on my own um, sort of personal journey to um, get a bit closer to today. Now. And um, and that that was the start, really, of um, the story that leads us to 2020 and the uh, the investment deal that we've just done with the business, the 50 people that we have working with us, um, the multi award winning team of people that I've got, the staff loyalty that we've we've created along the way. We've got a very low turnover of staff within the business. Um, we're closely connected with the people that work for us, um, but in a way that's more appropriate to them and gives me a chance to run the business in the way that I want to. Mm. Wow. So in terms of that culture that you're talking about, you said you've created this amazing culture in your organisation. Can you tell us more about the culture and what that looks like? Um, yeah, it starts with the fact that we used to be desperate to get bums on seats when, when, we, need, when we needed people. I'm mindful of the word need and the sort of connotation that that brings to the situation. Um, And so if we ever got anybody that came anywhere near us that looked like they could do the job, they were in. Uh, And then we didn't know what they were about, what they stood for, whether their values were aligned with our values, Mm -hmm. as small as we were at the time. Um, And then if you wind the clock forward now, 
we've had people waiting a year to join us. And in fact, we've just uh, a, a new member of our sales account manager team has just started, and their first contact with us was a year ago. And we have a constant queue of people waiting to come into our business because it's not about is it lovely and easy at Synergy, and it's it's actually about the fact that the relationships we build with our people are based on the fact that everybody's got to work hard because that's what what matters. Yeah. Everybody's got to make their contribution, um, but we have synergy two-way street, okay. um, and that's something that I've cultivated um, over a period of time on the basis that I want people to do well. There's an obvious thing in that. If they do well, we do well, but actually I want them to do well first. So in a giving way, I want them to be able to give themselves to what they do more completely than perhaps they would if they had a job working for a large PLC where they were a number in a big machine. And so when they give, <coughs> we recognise that giving. And then we say to people, if you give and we give and we all give together, everything gets better. The proof of that pudding is that when they're going through the recruitment process with us and we're talking about things like this, it actually, some people are not ready to give. It doesn't mean to say that they're bad people or we don't like them or we judge them. What it means to say is that they're perhaps not ready for our, our way. Um, and so some of those people drop off in that process along the way in. The people that are determined to get in and the people that buy into our bus um, and get on the bus with us and then when it's raining they get off the bus and they help us change the tyre in the rain when we haven't got an umbrella those people progress within our organisation and they get to celebrate and be part of the success story but we cast that net wide so we cast it across everybody so it wouldn't matter if it was a temporary worker working on a three month contract for us they understand our values of consistency best outcomes for all, energy, enthusiasm, integrity. Those are our company values, but we didn't just make those up. We sat down with our staff, the whole team, and said, it's about time we got down on paper what we stand for, and we gave them a list of many things. Some of them were great, some of them weren't so great, and we said, what do you think we stand for? And every member of staff circled six or seven, and then we created the list of values. Um, and that's been a, a, a process of setting the bar and setting the bar in a place that we hold ourselves accountable to do what we say we'll do, to operate with integrity, to be trustworthy and reliable. And then if each member of staff expects the person that they're working with to come from that background, and to also have those values, the only way is up. I love that example that you've given. So you were talking about how you really put your people first, they become a really integral part of the big <coughs> picture of your organisation, that they're aligned to your values. And, and actually one of the things that they were enabled to do is influence the values of your company. Yeah. And that's a really nice example of how you put the team first. Yeah. It was the only way because we, we sort of... We have a marketing department and we talked about it and I said, well, we could go out to an agency and get them to come up with what they think are the right things to say. 
Um, and in fact, during our investment process, the chief executive of the entity that, that invested came in for a, for a sort of a short visit. And he said, oh, have you put all this up for me? And I said, you've no idea. This is what we are and this is what we stand for. Also, because everybody's at a different stage of their own journey, we have got some people that are perhaps still a little bit self-centred. Or when we, t when we talk about when the cosh or when, when it gets hard and they exhibit some of these behaviours that perhaps we, 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 we don't think are going to be great for them. Um, but that's because everybody's at a different stage of their own personal journey. And we see it as our responsibility to raise the bar for everybody all the time. And then I'm then holding myself accountable to a higher standard. And then, of course... That's my greatest policeman. Because there are times when I want to cut a corner or times when I don't think I can walk the talk today. And then I think to myself, no, if I don't stand up on the bridge and I don't present the same thing and sing the same song every day, um, it'll just fall down like a house of cards. That's so powerful that you're modelling uh, that behaviour as well. But allowing people to express themselves and understand that they're on a different journey, on a different pathway, and everyone's is unique, but bringing everyone along, alongside you as well. Yeah, and taking time to listen to them, <clears throat> and taking time to, um, it's, it, metaphorically speaking, tickle them back onto the path a little bit, because I, when I fall off, I, I used to be quite a long way off before I got myself back on and now I find I catch myself a little bit earlier when I'm you know out of a line or a thought process isn't quite right and that could be an, an emotional situation capacity but everybody's got a family everybody's got cert personal circumstances relationship we've got people in our business that have got children with special needs we've got people that have been through um relationship challenges in fact we've just got one of our guys has just come back to work uh, today and unfortunately lost his grandmother that lives with them so it's not like the remote grandmother that lives in Exeter this lady lives with the family has been part of the family and, and been living with him for 30 years um, and so we take a view that's based on what's the right thing to do not just what's the HR policy yeah and um, understanding that consistency being one of our company values is that if we take that view for one of our staff members we have to also bear in mind that what's good for the goose is good for the gander and on another day we might have to have that same conversation um, and so because we understand where our people are up to not only in their work uh, development and their personal development in, in the business but also we understand their family situations, that they um, they feel more obligation and more aligned with us as an entity um, to give that bit more. And then I then give and we give and our management team have the same philosophy. So, yeah. 
it's wonderful that you're able to bring that really holistic approach to your organisation and to be thinking about people's well-being both in and outside of the workplace. And that's a, some really great examples there of actually how by doing that, you enable people to then come to work and be their best. Yeah, yeah. And I have the theory of super dad at home, super Paul at Synergy, and I have the same for our people. And only yesterday I was talking to our sales manager who I, I 20 years ago, had similar challenges to him. Um, and when we were talking it through and I said, the exciting thing about this is that you've got the opportunity to come here and immerse yourself in what you're doing here. And then on the way home in the car, get ready to be at home and then go home and be the super dad and the super partner and super husband that you want to be. The blurred lines in between that cause things at home to not be great mm -hmm. and things at work to not be great. And that is one of the things that I've learned the most about is that when I'm at home to be at home and when I'm at work to be at work. And, and to really focus on both aspects. And that's really important for our well-being and, to, and, and being a great leader is to be able to be present with what you're doing at that point. Yeah, yeah. And at, we talk about the capacity of the, um, um, the mind to be able to work in, in, in difficult situations with lots of other affecting factors that are around that. And my... my my thoughts um, can sometimes be pulled away for family reasons. Um, and it's about getting that back onto the path of where am I today? Am I, am I in a position because I can only do what I can do. Mm. I can only deal with what I can fix now it, and spending any time worrying or, or theorizing about what might happen in a different place at a different time spoils that part of where I am whether that's at home or work so yeah that's an incredibly insightful way to think about things you were saying before that when you kind of went into thinking about where you want to move your business that you worked with someone who started with you tell me about that yeah um <clears throat> I asked for help for me and I asked for help for my business and um and the person that I was talking to um very clearly pointed out that um, we should um, put our own life jacket on before we try and help anybody else put theirs on. Analogy, and yeah. um, and it was quite a quite a moment for me because at first I thought, well, I've always fought my way through to a result and I've always been successful to a point, but never really been satisfied with where I am and always wanted the next thing and always wanted to get to the next thing <clears throat> which devalued what was going on and so um, during this process we we sort of took a little bit of a step back and asked some home truth questions about you know what matters and what's important um, and I also realized that um, throughout my life that I hadn't had the same relationship values that that maybe I could have had um, but I did know that the relationship the primary relationship I got in my life was absolutely superb and so it then became about saying well 
how do we make sure, and there was an analogy used which really I can apply to many things commercially as well as, as, well as um, personally, of the love pot. Okay. So, so the idea is that every time I do something that is of a negative nature or inconsiderate or not to the greater good, I'm kicking a hole in the love pot and it starts to leak. Right. The problem is the more holes that I kick into it, the more things that I have to do to put back in at the top. And eventually it gets to the point where it's got so many holes in that it doesn't matter how fast you're putting it at the top, it's coming out faster than you're putting it in. And so so that then was a really simple analogy to me that made me realise that I have to put more in than I take out. And it's a similar thing, you go to the pole in the wall, put your card in, draw money out, draw money out, draw money out. Eventually the bank says, sorry, you've got nothing left because you're not putting anything back in. And so the philosophy of the starting point of this growth phase for me came from thinking about how do I put more in everywhere and uh, magical things started happening. Tell me more about that. Well, I can only I can only give you an analogy again which is the fact that um, I have two twin, our twin sons uh, they were 14 years old they were going to the school disco and um and i was quite excited for them and they, it was the first time they had a school disco and um i spoke to them the following day and said how did you go on and i said did you do standing around the edge looking at your mobile phone or did you get on the dance floor and have a dance and uh one of them said i got on the dance floor and had a dance and a really great night and i said to the other one what did you do he said i stood around looking at my mobile phone i said how was it he said it was okay and it's things for me is is about saying if I go into something and I'm committed to it, I've got a pretty good chance of getting a good result. And if I'm hesitant or if I stand back and wait for something to happen, sometimes there's time for waiting and, and sometimes there's time for doing nothing, but that's a conscious thing rather than a, well, I don't know whether I should or not. And, and I think that during the journey and the process of starting to look after myself and starting to be a bit kinder to myself, it then enabled me to stop being as tight so I could then relax. So when I was able to relax, I was able to be a bit more creative. And then I found a way of making more space by... Um, uh, creating the daily routine and in creating that daily routine um, I then found that I had more capacity and then when I had more capacity I was able to see things more clearly um, and be less reactive and more proactive. So having this really amazing well-being process in your own life has actually increased your capacity to empty your mind so that you can be more creative and more productive. Yeah. Do you want to share with us what that kind of well-being routine is that you've got yeah. into? So it is credit to the person that started me on the journey because I think what tends to happen in all of these things, and, and I use the example of the new year, new me, new gym, you know, for six weeks people go to the gym and they feel great and 
you know, they stop drinking alcohol and they do this and do that and do the other. And then six weeks later, the changing rooms are empty at the gym and everybody's just got a direct debit hanging over them. So, so the only way I can explain the, the benefits of the process that I follow on a daily basis are that it makes such a difference to me that I know if I didn't follow this routine that I would gradually slip backwards towards um, my mind being very, very busy, overactive, um, not sleeping quite as well. So the process is really simple. Um, <clears throat> it started with um, uh, a period of cleansing. So I got rid of tea, coffee, chocolate, sweets, alcohol for about a month and had this cleanse. And then I became ill, which was really weird because when I started going through that process uh, and uh, the person that I was talking to at the time said, well, the reason why you're feeling ill is because you've taken away all the stimulants mm -hmm. and some of those are quite strong sugar particularly and mm -hmm. this and so I so I went through 30 days of that and um, and then we started with um, a brief meditation in the morning uh, which which actually followed a 30 second cold shower um, and then and then that brief meditation was then complemented by another shower at the end of the day when I came home and another meditation and then and um and it's, it started at sort of like a few minutes and I used to sit on the floor and I could physically feel my body. When I was sitting, I could physically feel my body. I can't describe the word vibrating, but I knew there was movement that was there inside me and I found it uncomfortable. And <clears throat> and, um, and now it takes two minutes of a 12 to 14 minute routine to actually just find that there is no mind traffic anymore. Um, and of course, that capacity has allowed me to use whatever the horsepower is of availability to be more logical, a better problem solver. Um, and so I, I am an advocate of making time for myself, um, not at the expense of anything else, but just getting up a bit earlier. Um, the stillness part of, of that. I find extremely beneficial um, and then about 14-15 uh, months ago I had an accident where I, I injured my shoulder and I was unable to drive uh, for four, four weeks and I uh, started walking to work <coughs> and it was because I couldn't drive for four weeks that I was going to walk to work and then I realised the extended benefits of my cold shower and my meditation and my walk to work is about four kilometers just about just over half an hour um and i've been doing it ever since i've been doing the walk for 14 months um but the, the meditation and the shower and the uh, and the sort of creating some space for myself i've been doing that for 11 years it's amazing isn't it how sometimes things that might feel like they're not very good at the time like your shoulder actually help us to jump into something really amazing amazing yeah. and, I, and I do think that you know they all say don't they every cloud is a silver lining but I do think that there is more than you know the physical side of things and I think sometimes um the universe is telling us you know giving us a message because at the point that I had the accident I was frantically uh struggling with 
challenges within the business and uh, and I'd sort of perhaps was just drifting off my own little pathway a little bit and this accident was like the boom the moment um, and then and then when I started walking and I found that I had the space and uh, I'm listening to uh, some great audio books and uh, you know perhaps some days just taking in the change in the seasons I noticed um, autumn in 2019 uh, it was absolutely beautiful you know and, and interestingly enough in 2019 there were only I think four days with the weather was so bad that I couldn't do it <clears throat> so um, yeah and, it, and, and I think that it's a constant process of putting in because of the life that we lead and the, the mm. fact that we're all busy and we've all got emotional responsibilities. And, you know, for me, I've got seven children. You didn't know that, Emma. So I've got seven children. Um, and, um, uh, and, and, you know, and the, and, the, and the responsibility of want it. I want the business to be the best it can be. And um, I don't mean that just in the sense of I want profit I want us to be respected for what we are I mean we we um, we recently won a platinum service award with FIFO um, and that comes from three years of of um, fact what they call five-star service which is their top level um, but you have to get 95% as an average score for every piece of feedback from every customer um, we've had six years worth of that so they only introduced the platinum this year for three years but we've had six years worth of five-star reviews um, and so when our people come to join the company, one of the things they say is, oh, I really like your reviews. And I say, yeah, how do you think we get those? And uh, so, well, you give good service, don't you? I said, we do give good service, but we care. And one of our values, which is best outcomes for all, is that we can't get it right all the time. And our supply chain can't get it right all the time. But when it goes wrong, we pick it up and we look at it and we work it out with the supplier and our customer and whoever's affected and we try and find the best outcome for everybody in the circumstances. And we make sure that that message gets into them. So there are some audible things that you hear, aren't there? And there's some things that get into you. And we make sure that People that join us understand that we hold ourselves to an, you know, an incredibly unchanging higher standard all the time. Um, and for some people, we're not right. And it'll never be right because they, they don't want to push themselves. But that's possibly because they're just not ready. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear you talking about all of these different elements so putting yourself first your well-being first being the best that you can be so that you can serve the people that you lead yeah. enabling them to be the best versions of themselves and really having that holistic approach to your leadership the culture of your organization it's just so heartening to hear all of those things because they are the the significant things that make a difference to people's lives and you're obviously getting it absolutely right. You've got people, as you say, queuing up outside the door, yep. literally, to get into your business. So it's yep. working really well. So I'd just like to think about um, general well-being in the workplace. What do you think about enabling people to be well at work? 
that's a really good question because I think everybody brings to work what they do out of work. So we've got people that play football and people that go to the gym and people that do yoga and 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 then we have people that don't do anything. And it, and it is quite interesting looking at those people that don't have activities. And whether that's even supporting a, a local football club and travelling and, 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 and enjoy an enjoyment. I think it's about horizons. And I think people have to first of all feel comfortable in the work environment. And that necessarily isn't about the you know, the health and safety adjustment at the seat and the, and the workstation. But I think it's about how do they feel being part of the organisation that they're part of? And then can we create a culture that encourages them to want to be the best that they can be? And, I, and I've noticed that some of our people and the majority of people, but some of our people have really taken responsibility for their own personal well-being on the basis that this environment causes them to be moved by it. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that if we've got somebody who's got a son that's got chicken pox, that we just know that they might be a little bit more stressed today than they would normally be and that the odd mistake gets made because people have got a plate full of stuff going on um, and you know, or we may even have somebody who works for us that's got dyslexia, dyslexia, mm -hmm. and and has a and has a particular issue, um, and in that case we have to put a few processes in place to help them. But also, when we're reminding them of things that haven't gone quite right, it never goes personal. So in actual fact, it, the environment creates a sort of a well-being energy around it, um, and and then people start to put into that energy. But in order to get that right, you need to know the people. Yes, you need to know the people. Um, and I also think that every day, you know, I'm getting to know myself. And I live, I've lived with myself for 56 years. So I think that the people need to get to know themselves as well as we need to get to know them. And then I, I use the analogy of the, the ants. So... I don't know if you've seen the film, but they're all hanging off at one point and there's about 10,000 of them hanging off each other, that the ants are really the sort of embodiment of synergy, which is their, their sort of like combined energy and strength is way more than the individual parts, you know? And so sometimes I see people rubbing off each other and benefiting from somebody else's progression through the organisation and then other times I'm mindful that somebody may feel a little bit vulnerable because somebody else is doing really well. And then it's about saying to them, well, do you see how they've done what they've done? Do you see how they're, where they're progressing to? And then the question, the obvious question is, so what do you want to be? Because, because they might want to, but they're just not at the right point yet. Mm -hmm. And... And, I, and for me and for Synergy, it's a, it's, it's a scenario of can we help them along um, and provided they've got the right energy and they've got the right um, 
you know, everybody goes at different levels. We've got all the different things. We've got some people who fly in. We've got people who are a bit more sensitive to the psychological aspects of what they do. Um, and I think it's more for us to be aware of the fact that everybody's at a different stage. And that's a really inclusive way to look at things. So wonderful to be able to create that growth mindset for people, to enable them to have an environment where they can grow and develop. And I love that question, what do you want to be? So, are you ready for our finishing round? Okay. Which is to plant the final seeds for growth. Okay. So at the Growth Pod, we're really interested in active learning. For us, active learning is a deeper level of learning that's activated in the workplace so that we can change behaviours which enable growth and development. So with that in mind, what one thing can our listeners do today to activate a piece of knowledge that you've shared with us? <clears throat> I do think that the life jacket, your own life jacket, is the most important mm, thing. I love that metaphor. And I think that making space for myself allows me to deal with whatever comes in a more effective way. And I know that my consistency to that approach for myself, it underpins everything. So my one piece of, of what can we do is start with myself or start with yourself and think about what you can do for yourself to give yourself the capacity. Um, and that could be simple as getting up a bit earlier and going for a walk around the block before you go to work. It could be as, it could be as simple as doing a bit of regular exercise that creates that nice endorphin feeling. Um, and that one thing of creating some space for myself is the single thing that's made the most difference to me. Amazing. At the Growth Pod, well-being is embedded at the core of our business. So you've talked a lot about well-being. But can you just share with us one practice that you engage in that enhances or maintains your well-being? It simply just is the fact that I make time to follow my routine every day, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be um, in the position that I'm in today. And in fact, it's funny because I, 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 I don't need to talk about the numbers, but I, um, I went home to tell my uh, wife. That I was going to start working with this person and um, she said oh great how much is that going to cost then and I told her and she nearly fell off her chair in the kitchen because at that time <clears throat> the business was in a very very early stage during the financial crash and she said well we haven't got that much money and I said I know I'm going to find it though and um, and so the truth is I would have if I look back on it now if it had been treble it would have been the value so basically the process is looking after myself and putting the investment into doing that. Yeah, creating being committed, that. being committed to it. And, and you know, if it's five pounds or, or, or whatever, or whatever the amount of money is, it's about being committed to, to, to wanting to gain something positive in the outcome for yourself. And creating that well-being habit can be difficult, but you've obviously nailed it. You've got it right. Creating the well-being habit is breaking the habit, of, was breaking the habit of a lifetime for me. Um, always late, always wanting to get to the next thing. By stopping and creating that space, I then found a way that I was able to be where I was 
and then that started where we are. And then finally, do you have a poem, a book or an inspiring quote that you can share with us today? <laughs> well, I'd like to give you two or three things, but I'll be really quick. So the, the quote for me is from a, a Texan guy that nobody's ever heard of called Jackie B. Cooper. And he said, it's the things that you do that you don't have to do that make a difference when it's too late to do anything about it. So, so that's the quote. And then in books, there's a very um, modern, to-the-point, uh, self-help book called Start Now, Get Perfect Later by a guy called Rob Moore. And as an audio book, it was, it, it's, it's very easy to listen to. It's very much about saying what really matters. You can't make perfection. What you can do is you can start, you can iterate, you can test, you can learn, but more importantly, do learn from the tests that you do and then, and then develop. And then my, as Oprah Winfrey says, my Bible du jour um, is, is heavyweight book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, um, which is the single most um, sort of powerful piece I've ever, ever read. Um, and it just talks about the fact that we don't spend enough time here and now. Most of our time is spent thinking about things that might be better in the future or worse or stuff that happened in the past. And, um, and I probably have read that book 14 times, I can say. <laughs> So that's it. Obviously a good one. Great, yeah. Fantastic. And if we want to find out more about you, Paul, where would we do that? Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so Paul Parkinson at LinkedIn, uh, Synergy. Um, I um, uh, have a great network uh, of contacts and connections. Um, obviously, our website has quite a lot of information about Synergy and what we do, and I'm, I'm also on there. Um, and, and there's quite a reasonable amount of stuff in Google about things that we've done over the time and uh, I'd be more than happy to speak to anybody that wants to talk about the journey that they're on. That's really wonderful. Well it's been an absolute pleasure to have this curious conversation with you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks very much Emma. This curious conversation was brought to you by GrowthPod, creating positive pathways to change. For more information about how GrowthPod can support your people, leaders or organisation through training or coaching, visit our website www.growth-pod.co.uk.